I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Friday. The Ohio State University goes down. A number two seed gets upset. Now, how rare is that? In 45 years, it's happened nine times. So every five years, we have an upset this big. And beyond me being a Buckeye grad, I'm particularly upset about this one. We got another upset happening as we speak. We'll keep keep you updated throughout the entire show. In the NFL, Juju Smith-Schuster signs with the Steelers but for about half the money some expected. And tonight in the tournament, the big game, North Carolina-Wisconsin, the computers say Wisconsin should be favored. Vegas says North Carolina. We'll tell you who's right. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. Live on a Tournament Friday, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. In studio, Steve Fezzik. It's an extra day for him. You Logie? Logie. Mm-hmm. Can you define that? Um... It means you like ate. Too, it's like you ate too much. Your eyes don't focus real well. It's not so much you're tired. You're slightly disoriented, but out of fatigue. Mmm. Or or maybe out of overindulgence. Yes, I am Logie from the March Madness. Vegas is reawakening, RJ. So something that excites you doesn't make you Logie. It's almost the opposite. I tell (laughs) you, Steve's a special dude. He hosted. We did three pods this week. You know, big special ones. And I hosted two, and I said, you want to host the third? And I listened to it last night. It took more energy to listen to it <laughs> and not call it all-hands meeting at 2 in the morning <laughs> than it would have been just to host it. <laughs> but i tell you this. He's a great analyst, and he's here. Sports batters listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. Jonah's day off back on Monday. Now... I could say, well, don't call during the show, but you can do both. But you know what else we're going to be doing, which is both, is we're going to be giving you updates live as they happen. I guess they might be on like a six-second delay because there's some kind of, you know, someone curses. But you know what? I think the TV delay is longer. So we might tell you what's happening before it happens. Except, wait, we, we're watching the TV feed. So I, it's all very, it's very like Einstein. And if you could, you go back and kill Hitler in his crib. But what I can assure you is you're going to be getting the updates as they happen. And we're going to quantify them, meaning how important is it? And if you look at Tennessee, for example, down big right now against Oregon State, and Tennessee was nearly a double digit favor. So when you have a team that's supposed to win by almost doubles, it was minus eight and a half. And they're losing by like 20 or whatever. You know what we should do? We should have McKenzie be like the, the, uh, the Vegas um, score update guy. Because mm. I heard him when he was doing a few things and you guys would go to him. 
And like you were talking, like, nya, nya, nya. and Dave was talking, like, nya, nya, nya. We were like real high pitched. And Mackenzie comes and goes, Well, I tell you this, everybody. And I, I thought it was uh, like he could be a newsman, you know, but not no, so much a newsman, a newsreader. What do you think, Mackenzie? You up for that? Hell yeah, high praise. Yeah, but I, usually they, those guys don't say how, like, right, as one of the first things. Like, here comes an M and F and big upset here. <laughs> so that's like some kind of new age kind of update. Like, we're just going to give the facts. I'm waiting for Dan Byer to have his master class so I can catch up. Well, I tell you, just listen to him every day and, <laughs> and hit them and all the FSR guys. You get it straight, Ted Baxter style. All right, so what is the score right now? In the uh, the one game that's kind of got the one team leading by a lot. Oregon State, the 12th seed, is up 16. They're 10 and a half point favorites on the live line over the fifth seed, Tennessee Volunteers. Ooh. All right. So that seems very likely to be an upset. 12 versus 5 is one that historically there's a bunch of. Now, I mentioned that there was a special kind of Ohio State connection here. And listen, we take. So many bows when they're appropriate. I, I don't think we owe, I mean, to be candid, I think compared to a lot of places, we don't take nearly a sufficient number, let's say comparatively. But I think we take enough because one, the people that won with you are enjoying it because they won too. So you always want to be reminded of your winners, right? Number two, if you didn't go with it, it's kind of a good lesson to say, yep, you didn't go with it. What about next time? But you don't want it to be where you're not talking about the next winner because you're bragging about the prior ones. Right? So we try to balance that. But when we lose and we're just playing wrong, one, you got to not only get it out there so everyone has it to consider, but they need to hear that you're acknowledging it. Because then they know that they're kind of getting the truth when they kind of – even let's say someone that listens, let's say, three times a week for a half hour – they're going to hear enough that, yeah, he talks about his winners, but he talks about his losers, too, that then when he hears some other promotion or talk about winners, he's going to know it's an accurate kind of mix. So, it's just sad. I had one... So, I do a bracket, and I, you know, I put it out, and um, over the years, I've done, like, shockingly good. And it's a combination... Because I'm not an NCAA guy, basketball guy, but I have... Guys like Dave Essler, who is outstanding at it at pregame.com. A.J. Hoffman, who was on the show two days last week in studio. You can't listen to him and not know how good he is at this stuff. Fez is a master of swooping in late, figuring out all the kind of edges, and he does great at it. So I combine those three, typically, typically. Then I get to history. How many 16s win? Well, hardly any. Well, let's say play Virginia. Well, how many number twos get beat by the number 15 well every five years or so so you don't have many of those but i ended up having a pretty chalky bracket and then i started looking deeper and i said you know ohio state which again i tend to bet against the high state just because i don't want to have an emotional you know and i don't really care about basketball that much so i wasn't any bias towards ohio state but there's a couple sites that will assess how many people are betting each or picking each of the teams. So what they say is if you look at the truth of how much they should win based on, let's say, Ken Palm or whatever, ah. compared to how this is what they do in Daily Fantasy, compared to how many people are picking them, you can see if there's an overlay or an underlay. So Gonzaga is a team everyone loves. And they are a clear favorite to win this tournament. But they're actually overpicked. If you look at the number of people having them advancing, it's more than their chance of winning. 
So it's like, if anything, you're losing value in theory picking Gonzaga. Now, if you have a different opinion how good Gonzaga is relative to the computers, then that can adjust things too. But considering how popular a pick is going to be is very important. Steve, that's something that you do a lot in contests and stuff, but I don't think in the brackets you don't think like that. It doesn't seem like. No, and it's but it is the way to think about things. If, if half of the people are picking Gonzaga to win, mm-hmm. and well, let's keep it a little simpler answer. Let's say that eight nine there's a, an eight nine decision, and let's say sixty percent of the people are picking the eight. All right. If you think there's a fifty one percent chance that the eight wins. You should pick the nine. Yeah, you want to be contrarian, exactly. But let's explain why contrarian. Because ultimately, it's who gets the most points is going to be the winner. So you'd rather if you had a, like a great day, but everyone had a great day or tournament, you might have a ninety-eight percent win rate, but you still lose. I'd rather have a forty percent win rate and win. Yes. And I know it's not going to be that extreme, but it's always it's when are you going to be right that other people are wrong? That's the way to think about this stuff. And to me. I looked at, and again, this was something that was promoted by sites that do this analysis, multiple ones that do this analysis. Ohio State had as good as any, at least they thought at the time, as good as any chance at the to make the Final Four amongst the two seeds. And they were picked the least to make the Final Four amongst the twos. So I'm like, perfect. I wasn't crazy about the number one in that bracket. And refresh my memory, who's number one in that bracket? Baylor. Yeah. Oh, so Baylor's a team that's got a down arrow with a lot of people, and I think rightfully so. Post-COVID, they've struggled. Exactly. And we don't know. Maybe they're going to perk back up, but we'll see. But then I thought, okay, Buckeye's a little underrated because they were in the Big Ten, and that's so tough. Huh. All right, I'm going to make this – the only number one I didn't make make the finals or the final four because I went chalk because it just felt right. And lo and behold, they lose on the first day. Well, and nobody does more research on this yeah. in all bracketology than you do. And well, it makes... I, let's be clear. I do a ton on the history of the brackets, not the individual teams. But go ahead. But it makes sense. And you know that historically, hey, maybe one or two of the number ones make the final four. Not mm-hmm. all of them. They do. I, I just couldn't find the win. Like the other one I was thinking a lot about – and you know what we'll do? I'll talk a little bit about the. Oh, there's your. Yeah, I'll just take this bright. Is I was thinking about having Texas go. That was like the next one, but it's tough. And listen, everyone listening is going to understand what I'm. What, what this phenomenon right here? I'm RJ Bell, straight out of Vegas. It's hard to look and say this team that I clearly know is better is going to lose against this team I clearly know is inferior. Right, Because in any given one situation, the better team is going to win more often, mm-hmm. you know, a better chance of winning. But if you know historically, let's say you've got a – here's a great analogy. You've got a, one die, not dice, but one of the two pair of dice, right? So you've got one die. And if I say, you're going to roll a six? What are you going to say? No. Every time you're going to say no. But you know if you roll it 600 times, there's going to be about 100 sixes. Yes. When do you choose the six? Meaning if if I just kept saying yes or no, six this time, it's like it's weird because we think both in this instance and this is why statistics and probability is so difficult. Not that it's so hard to kind of do the math because the simple probability is simple. It's that how do we as humans deal with it because we think about things in a way that are 
evolution? Is there a t- that's why fear and anxiety is so common. And again, I'm not a sociologist, but this is things you read about. Is back in the day, if there was a rustling behind the tree in the jungle five, seven thousand years ago, you could be right 99 straight times that there, that's not anything to be worried about. But the hundredth time, it's a tiger. You get eaten, and you know what? You're not having any kids. Your genes are not moving on. Yeah. So then it's like, who keeps moving on in this case, propagating the species? It's going to be the people who have anxiety, that are scared. So now it's like, okay, that's just generation. Now, in today's society, maybe that's not the case. And if, if this society stayed this way for thousands of years, tens of th- then it would affect the biology mm-hmm. of it. Because we forget the fact that we're talking about you know, hundreds of thousands of years in a way. I know that history only began, whatever, 3,000 years ago. We got like good history, but it's, it's a fascinating. And you might think, RJ, this is too esoteric. It's too out there. It's like, no, this is the battle. It's almost like with a belly, right? I've had belly a lot of my life. I'm thinner, a little thinner now. And, but here's the thing. Most of the time when sugar was available, you ate all you could because it's like there hardly was any sugar, anything sweet. And drought could be coming, right? And so we, let's have a little surplus just in case. It was more. It was even. It wasn't just like, hey, we deserve it. It was like <laughs> we need this energy to survive when there's a winter and we're going to be in the cave just shivering all the time. But now you go to Seven Eleven, and if you got if you have any kind of money, you can buy all the sugar you want. But your body's still craving it, like it's like some wow. rare delicacy. So a lot of life. Is trying to figure out how to deal with these ancient urges in a modern society. And that's how I lost the Ohio State. <laughs> I mean, to bring this all the way back around. <laughs> but it is a challenge. And that's why we're here, to try to help figure it out. And I think we kind of do. So, was there anything about the Ohio State loss, this will be the last thing we'll take our first break, that you think is indicative moving forward? Because we want to talk about what happens, but we also want to say, how do we apply it moving forward? Now, one of the things we always do is if one conference starts to do really well or really poorly, we take a look at that because that means we upgrade or downgrade based on if they do well, because we're saying they mostly aren't playing cross-conference, so they're playing amongst themselves so maybe we've overrated the Big Ten. Maybe we've done. Do you, is this start the conversation we've overrated the Big Ten? Yes. So we look back to last night. So Michigan State closes as a solid two and a half point favorite. They go down to UCLA. So now Illinois looked very good today, but that was a 16 versus a Yeah, that's, a, that's about will to get an edge. Exactly right. So now we've got two data points that, hmm, we're questioning how good is the Big Ten really. So the Big Ten is officially on overrated watch, I would say. I think that's a very fair way of saying in a very good way. So, in an ongoing sense, we got a question mark by how highly rated the Big Ten is. And when we come back, we're going to look at the rest of today's action. What are the big games? And what are the big games for the weekend? We are straight out of Vegas. We'll be right back. Straight out of Vegas! Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or 
wherever you get your podcasts. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. The government runs the business. The government keeps... We are straight out of Vegas. Tell you, Faz, you go to the ba- bathroom, you think... I mean... <laughs> This is awesome. No, I mean, I apologize, guys. That was obviously a little off timing-wise there. And let's think about this, because we've been talking about the games. We got Ohio State upset. We got an upset brewing right now, not as big. Let's get a score update on that one. Mackenzie, what do we got going right now in that game? Oregon State is up 15 and a half. They are 14-point favorites on the live line over the heavily favored Tennessee Volunteers. So they're up by 15 and a half points. How did that happen? <laughs> I'm sorry. They're up by 15 exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, when you gamble, you're thinking, you know, point spreads and all that. <laughs> all right, Fez, let's turn to tonight's games or the week or Saturdays. Which one you want to start with? Let's start with tonight. Okay. So I'm not looking to do a comprehensive handicap. It's, you know, this isn't a rundown show. One of the old jokes is it's like there's certain shows. And again, those serve a very niche audience well. The ones that want to hear about, all right, next up, Montana State against Drexel, you know, and this is in February. People that, that bet every game, they or at least consider it, they, they like shows, you know. National show, you got to say, all right, what's the biggest games? And what are the things that both gamblers and just the fans are going to benefit from? So what, what do you see jumping out? Let's look at the Wisconsin-North Carolina game. Fascinating game. North Carolina is laying two. If you looked at Ken Palm's numbers that has these teams power rated, they would have, have had Wisconsin the favorite minus two. So a big differential. And what's interesting to me, RJ, this game is in Mackey Arena in Purdue, Lafayette. Right, let's slow down a second. So, North Carolina is a blue blood, no pun intended. Mm -hmm. So, there's always going to be a bias when people are not following college basketball every night. And and that's two different groups, right? Amongst fans of the tournament right now, there's the group that is saying, hmm, I didn't see that game. Oh, they really won that one? Where they're looking back, they're flashing on the TV about this win in January or this win. No, no, no. They were casually maybe glancing at the website, you know, ESPN or Fox or whatever, in which they're giving the scores. And then there's the other group, which are living and dying, batters or not, with every game. And they're like, yeah, that fourth string or the, the third string guard there, I think when he is against the zone, those guys, mm-hmm. those guys, they don't get caught up in blue blood or whatever. It's about, what, if, if anything, those are the types that are contrarian. They like to buck seemingly the royalty, the ones that have it all given to them in a way. That's, yes. So, But amongst the casual fans, it's not that they like love Blue Bloods or whatever. It's that they don't know anyone. I don't, you know, it's like when I think about the real world, right? the MTV show, I probably watched maybe three seasons of that at some point. And, and the, the guy that people always seem to bring up is Puck. Puck was a guy that somehow I saw that season. You know why? Because Puck... Puck got big, and I said, let's check this out. And it's like, oh, he is kind of rambunctious. And then I maybe watched the beginning of next season, and then probably halfway through, I don't remember exactly, I probably stopped watching. But if there was a real-world reunion, and I, and I was on the fringe of like, okay, I'm going to kind of watch the beginning of this and see, which I probably wouldn't, but let's say that I did, 
I'd be thinking, where's Puck? <laughs> Puck better be leading the. And you know, it's kind of like if you go see a musician, a, a band that you don't know that much. You know, The Simpsons had a great line. It was the whoever wrote Moon River. I can't remember. He was Andy Gibb or something. Is it? He was <laughs> Tony the, Williams. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, he goes. I couldn't believe it. Third encore. There it was, Moon River. Who would have expected it? But but they, the people like that, those musicians. And Vegas has a lot of them come through. And like people are going to go see Rat. They want to hear round and round or whatever, you know, the one hit wonders. And those musicians are so sick of that song. But they also have a boat named after the song. So, I mean, it's, it's a bad, well, maybe not even a boat because as years go by, they're trying to live, right? So, let's acknowledge that people who bet the tournament or watch the tournament that don't typically watch NCAA basketball are going to have a bias towards who's been good the last 10 years. I bet if you asked a bunch of people who they liked in the tournament, the casual fans a lot would have said Duke. <laughs> Even though they weren't in the tournament. So I'm right off the bat thinking there's value going to be on Wisconsin here. Yes. Because Ken Palm, which is the most respected computer rankings, say Wisconsin should be a small favor, like a two-point favor. North Carolina right now is a two-point favorite over Wisconsin. So I'm thinking Wisconsin tonight – a strong lean at minimum. What do you think? Yeah, I do agree, and I think an added edge is the fact that this game is in Lafayette. Wisconsin played there at the stadium just a month ago, so the familiarity of the sight lines, etc., that can't hurt well, Wisconsin. Let's talk about that, because most people listening don't. When you say it real quick, I'm familiar with the sight lines. There's a basic premise in college basketball that the shooting backdrop, and anyone that shot anywhere. I mean, I used to play a ton of basketball, but it was almost all with the exact same court. In fact, it was such a small town, it was called, let's go to the courts. <laughs> Meet you at the courts, right? But we used to call uptown, like we'd say, like to go up on the two blocks there was businesses, go uptown. Because we lived, I guess, below, the, the, there was a hill. And other people would say, let's go downtown. We all are a matter of our perspective. And the reality is, I think, that anyone that's shot anywhere... If you go somewhere else, it's like, oh, this is weird. Now, these are, these are borderline pros, and they are used to going from place to place. But in the big venues, where it's like a football stadium that they got a basketball court as a postage stamp in the middle of, it's a struggle to shoot. And if you historically look, the shooting suffers in those big venues. And the main reason is that the backdrops end up having – a optical illusion when there is no background close to the hoop, you can't really gauge how far away it is, right? So, I mean, just think about anything like that. If you've got a wall behind it and there's five feet and then there's something you're trying to hit with a beanbag or something, it's so much easier if you have a wall behind it that's a different color that you can clearly see where it is, where if there's nothing behind it but a field, let's say, it's tough. So generally, you got to be careful in these big venues. So how does that apply to this game or any of these games? Because you've got theories on this. Yeah, so it wouldn't apply to this game because it's in Mackey Arena, which is where so why would, plays. So why were we talking sight lines? Just because Wisconsin played there a month ago. So just mm -hmm. the familiarity of that stadium. Okay, go ahead. It's not a stadium, though, is it? Uh, the arena. All right, continue. Yes, and as far as your other question about the big football stadium, it's Lucas Oil. Okay, and now that's going to be part of this tournament. Is yes. that every round, or explain when those games are happening? Every round, it, there's going to be games in Lucas Oil. There's six of them that are going to be played in this first round. One right. has already been played. That game went under. All right, so your theory is in these games— it's not going to be fully accounted for that, that because it's a football stadium, the shooting's going to suffer. 
So you think less points are going to be scored? Yes. Now, a lot of people don't even bet totals. So if could you rattle off the five games? Just tell me the fate or the higher seed. You don't even have to say who. Just rattle off the five real quick, and, and then whoever wants to go with that or at least can dig deeper can't. Yeah, North Texas, Purdue, Moorhead, All right, West. So you're giving both teams? Yes. All right, do that quickly. Moorhead, West Virginia, Missouri, Oklahoma, UCSB, Creighton, and Abilene against Texas. Okay, so I would say that I agree with Fez in – general less scoring in those ve- or those games because they're at Lucas Oil and then each round they'll announce what games are going to be there. Yes. Okay. Now, you speculated that because usually when there's something like this, the sharps, the professionals like yourself and this is I'm talking with Steve Fezzik and Marj Bell straight out of Vegas. It's a situation where the sharps bet this stuff early. The line gets kind of shaped up, and there's no value at the end for the regular guy. This was, in these Lucas Oil games, this tournament in the first round, for the first day or so, the line didn't move very much at all. So I was thinking, huh, is this people just haven't connected the dots yet that Lucas Oil is going to host these games? Or is it there's something about this that it's not going to be applicable what had happened from that point to tip off or at least close to tip off in these games? Yeah, money did come in on the unders on the majority of these games. So most of them moved, most of them moved down. Yes. So it showed you that people just hadn't connected yet where the venue was and it was a football stadium effectively. And once they did, they said, well, I'm taking the under. Exactly. So you feel good about these picks. I mean, just in general, the theory behind them is backed up. Yes. Now, when it comes to the game itself, Dave Esler, who is a, an expert, a college basketball. He's actually got a best bet for us on this Wisconsin NC game. Let's listen. Teams that beat North Carolina for years have been the ugly ones that slow them down. We know that's what Wisconsin's going to do. This year was no exception. UNC lost to Clemson and Virginia. And, you know, you have to have guard play in these games. Both Love and Walton are freshmen for North Carolina, haven't gotten it together. Badgers have too much experience. They're too big. And unlike North Carolina, don't turn the ball over. You know, to me, this is a great example of the Big Ten. There's a reason why the committee put a 10-10 and 10 team from the Big Ten in. They got the 32nd most efficient offense, 13th most efficient defense, and that's playing the ninth most difficult schedule in the country. I like Wisconsin. I agree with him. I think that we do got to put the question mark out there about the Big Ten. And yes. it's not saying that we believe that the, the you know couple data points – and did Illinois cover? They, had a, they were 23 points. They did. All right. So if we just use the spread as a proxy for expectation, which is the best thing it can be, really, it's probably that more than anything, it is, hey, this is what's expected. And thus, it's a 50-50 bet. And someone that thinks they can assess what's going to happen better than the market says, I'll bet you. I think it's And that back and forth moves the line. And ultimately, at the close, you've got the wisdom of crowds, a lot of sharp people saying, we generally agree with this line. Because if we didn't, we would keep betting it. When a line's moving and it starts moving, it's the better saying, that's enough. It's a, there's no more value there. And to me, that is uh, such a beautiful thing in a way, it is, is how everyone gets a vote. It doesn't matter if you're black or white, your political beliefs. 
In fact, you don't only just get a vote, you get to vote as much as you want based on your bankroll. If you want to bet as much as you can, then you, you, your opinion matters more. And for there to be a gauge on what we think of anything because of that kind of voting, it's a beautiful representation. And right now, any of these, Gonzaga, by the whole world's opinion, it has a better chance to win this tournament than anyone else. And if you disagree, you could make a million dollars. But, you know, if you did bet a million dollars on it, the line would move a little bit and say, yes. that guy might know something. Or that gal might know something. And that's the beauty. And what's amazing is that if you ever want to wonder how much the really smart people trust the markets, it's the following. The Pentagon wanted for years to start a prediction market on terrorist attacks. Because they figured if there was any way to root out some kind of cell that was planning an attack, with someone would, let's say they were going to be a suicide, whatever, bomber, they would tell their girlfriend, their wife, or whatever, bet on this, which would be effectively an attack in this city on this day, and the computers would be kind of watching the bets come in and say, red flags, this is inordinate betting on this, and it'd be a predictor hmm. of where things might happen. Now, isn't that like an amazing concept? And if you close your eyes, you can imagine that happening, where if there was a real big market on anything like that, anything that, let's say, could predict something bad, anyone that had any insight into it happening would be so tempted to bet it, but the act of betting it would have an effect on the market that could help you stop it. Yes. So it's a very complex concept, but what you should be sure of is if Vegas is moving one way, that there's a lot of, or there's big money going that way, the big money's not always right, but you don't want to ignore big money and what we can do closing this Wisconsin-North Carolina game is say, I like Wisconsin plus the two. And Steve, you find a word on it. And I like the correlation, Wisconsin parlay to the under, because I do think Wisconsin wants to slow it down. North Carolina wants to go faster. So I like Wisconsin. I like even better Wisconsin with the under well, one. Yeah, I think it was massive people. I mean, I don't think it was enough to talk the over and under for the first part of this. I mean, I think we got to throw a little bit more in at the end. But I do, <laughs> yeah, I do agree with the, the, the idea that correlation is strong because oftentimes if you envision how a game is going to be played and you could say, okay, I see Wisconsin winning there, that's the kind of game that might tend to low scoring. So the pros do, and Steve's a pro, the pros do bet correlations a lot. But if you're a casual fan, just, you know, it's kind of pros versus Joes. Joes are in North Carolina and Wisconsin is more of the pro favor. And the under, I think, is correlated to Wisconsin. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. And here's what we're going to do. Last break. And when we come back, there's games tonight other than just that Wisconsin-North Carolina and a full slate of games, 16 of them on Saturday. We're going to give you the most important nuggets. It doesn't matter if you're a better or just a fan. The most important nuggets straight out of Vegas. That's us. We'll be back. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Okay, Steve. Jonah's back tomorrow, or I guess Monday. He has his weekend show. He works like seven days a week. He's got his Saturday night show. And then we got straight out of Vegas weekend edition with Bernie Fratto, which is 11 to 12 Pacific times, 11 to midnight on Saturdays. And then he's got his show on Sundays. Okay. With uh, Brady Quinn, former athlete. You know, it's funny. I've met Brady a couple. Nice guy. But you, you never thought of Brady Quinn as a great physical specimen, right? <laughs> he's like 6'4". I mean, like, most rooms he walks in, he's like the, the guy you want on the golf team, no doubt. You know, if you're picking up golf partners. And, like, that was his weakness. It's a spe- you know, like, great physical. That's a special breed in the NFL, no doubt about it. Tonight... What other any other games jump out tonight, or we want to move to Saturday? I think we go Saturday. All right, so Saturday. Now we're not going to try to like say one game's the most important. Just give me the game and give me what you think is important. Maybe one thing about it. UCLA BYU. Okay, so what I know about this is blue blood UCLA BYU underrated in general is is the vibe I've been getting. Yeah, and a real so what's the line in this game? Four BYU is laying four now and. UCLA is really up against it, RJ, because remember, they had to play an overtime game against Michigan State last night, went late, and there was a key injury. Their leading scorer is questionable, Ju Zhang, for UCLA. This is a UCLA team, though. Was so already You were telling his religion before the... <laughs> oh, wait, what, say it again? <laughs> Ju Zhang, I believe, is okay, the pronunciation. Okay. So UCLA was already <laughs> down two guys from their team, and now he's questionable, their leading scorer. It's a really... Um, I don't know if they're how they're going to hold up in this game against BYU. I'm the Catholic RJ Bell with... Is that the way? No, I know. <laughs> All right. So I kind of agree with what you're saying in that if you have fatigue and then you have, it's a short turnaround anyway, and then you have, hey, is this player going to be available? There's a lot of uncertainty that doesn't help. It's almost worse than if you just knew he was out. Mm. Then you could almost you know, plan for it, even with the short period of time. So what's the prospects of him playing? Uh, and the last name is? Ju Zhang. That's his whole life. Wow. It's a, okay. That's a tough name. Is Ju Zhang, is, what's the prospects? He's questionable. Which means probably 60 to 70% chance he plays. Yes. Because usually questionable sounds like 50 50, but doubtful tends towards 50 50. Except during the overtime, he did have to be carried off the court when he got injured. So it didn't look good. Well, last Paul night. Pierce was in like a wheelchair once <laughs> yeah. right before he went. So, but that's an interesting point. And the thing about college basketball, is or college football, they don't have uh, the NCAA is not hardcore on you got to report these injuries at a certain time and a certain methodology. The NFL is though they're imperfect with it, they do better. The NFL does college not as much because the other team is thinking or the team with the injured player. Why should I tell the other team what to get ready for? Mm-hmm. So what I would say is, if you are very interested in this, is the beat writers do a good job. They get kind of wind, hey, he's probably not going to play. And they'll put it out there. So betters really, they don't look at the official, the professionals, as much as what the people in the know are saying. Yes. So I would say, if you're interested, try to find that on Twitter. Anything else in that game? Nothing else. And what kind of line move was there with the injury? Open three, went up to four, one point. Okay, so that is, um, so reset the game. BYU is now favored by four points over UCLA, went up one point. From three to four because of the injury, we're uncertain if Juzang is gonna play. All right, straight out of Vegas, I'm RJ Bell. What's the next game? All right, let's talk VCU Oregon. All right, so VCU is Virginia Commonwealth. Yes, Oregon's laying minus five and a half. I wanted to ask you about so, this. I'm one. sorry, laying what? Laying five and a half points. Okay, 
Go ahead. Okay. This game starts 7 o'clock Pacific, 10 o'clock East Coast. I think advantage to the West Coast team, Oregon. We saw that in the Michigan State-UCLA game. I think that game went well into the night last night, and I think it did benefit UCLA. We don't know that. We don't know. That's just one game. But there is theories. I think they call it draconian or draconian rhythms. Circadian. Circadian. Okay. Yes. And the idea is, hey, at 10 at night, all of us— our local time, feel differently than at noon, than at 6 in the morning. And some people are morning people, some people are night people. But in general, if it's early, if it's later night, you'd rather be that it's three hours earlier to your body clock than it is to your opponents. And because of that, I think it's a situation that the West Coast teams benefit in the night games And it's something we see on Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football. Long-term, West Coast teams play better. uh, Final word on this game? There's one more game that applies. Uh, San Diego State. All right. So, San Diego State's a team, because it's a late game on the West Coast, you're saying not that you play that automatically, but yeah, it's a small advantage in their favor. And... uh, Fez, you've got a best bet on OU. We won't be able to run the whole thing down. But Ohio University plus seven over Virginia, that's a best bet for you. I like Wisconsin tonight. See you on Monday. Straight out of Vegas!